Hello, hello, and welcome back. This is Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 363 for December 29th, 2023. Hey, guess what? We are going to end up going back in time to talk about the days that we missed here in Hometown Daily. Not sure what's going on with our music, but... At any rate, um, I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI. The one and only AI. You want to say hello? Good evening, hometown citizens. So, yeah, uh, we've already selected all 10 of today's articles. We are going to do tomorrow and, well, every day. Um, there are going to be two new shows starting in 2024, the continuity report, which focuses on, uh, basically anything streaming media or TV, um, not typical broadcast stuff and not in movie theater stuff. Um, only stuff that is available, uh, via a streaming platform and, um, like, uh, Apple or um, Android or wherever you can get movies. Uh, we're also going to be doing um, TV shows and other entertainment, um, but not movies from movie theaters at movie theaters. We'll also be talking about a bunch of other stuff. But the other show, Reality Hacker, is going to focus on AR, VR, XR, um, artificial intelligence, and other things that are basically hacking reality. Um, and uh, the motto for that show is, you won't know who to trust. And it's getting pretty bad out there already. <laughs> so those are the first two shows that are that are going to be coming out for 2024. They will be once a week shows, one hour, maybe longer. It really depends on how long the community wants to talk about stuff. Um, and it'll be on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, Reality Hacker will probably be Saturday and then Continuity Report will be Sunday. Um, and it, we haven't decided uh, firmly on the time frame, but we'll be doing that this weekend um, to lock it down. So either earlier than the six o'clock or just after six o'clock so we'll see because this show is the, the 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 anchor for the whole network so uh off we go um before i get too far into this we have this it hasn't gone away i'll be updating that for the new year uh it's not ready yet but that will be changing as well, streamlining it and updating it for the new color scheme. And a few more things will be coming down the chimney, I suppose, since it's now after Christmas. But again, we have to back up all the way to the 21st and we will do every day until the 28th is caught up. And we plan on doing it this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, um, getting all of those catch up shows there, all of the articles are selected. We've gone back in time to make everything make sense. Um, but today's show is going to be talking about the following 10 articles. And these are my titles. Um, <laughs> so is it ironic that it's called prompt engineering? 
Those brown shoes are too bright. We've investigated ourselves and found no wrongdoing. How about pool? The biofuel of the future. Listeria. Oh, I need to sing this properly. Listeria. Its chief exports are your lunch. The rise of the penguin kingdom. Pop-Tart volunteers as tribute. What's a few cracked pipes amongst nuclear power plants? It isn't marketing, it's lies and manipulation and a secret space plane similar to the space shuttle. Ta-da! So I don't know about uh, tomorrow, but um, I'm thinking, well, because of the way that we're trying to play catch up for missing almost 10 days worth of show, um, I kind of rambled with this intro. But normally what's going to end up happening is I'll introduce us, the AI and myself, um, and then go straight to the article titles, do that intro, and then we'll talk about the articles themselves. So let's get into that. Huh? What say you? Do you have anything that you want to add? Oh, great AI. No, on to the articles. On to the article. See, so all business. Not really. Okay, so let's go. Or not. Oh, everything old is new again. So the very first article here is about prompt engineering. It's over in hometown daily and OpenAI employees says prompt engineering is not the skill of the future, but knowing how to talk to humans will be. Anybody who thought that prompt engineering is supposed to be a career choice uh, kind of missed the the message because the whole goal of artificial intelligence is to get everybody speaking to artificial intelligence like a human being has nothing to do with crafting something in some special way so that it makes sense only to the ai we're trying to. So it's interesting because hmm. that uh, previous article we had first looked like it was going in a different direction. Well, I mean, the the job profiles are trying to match what the objective is, but the objective of AI is, and the people who are building AI is to make the AI essentially superhuman. So. I saw the writing on the wall about prompt engineering pretty much as a fad gig opportunity that some people will be able to take advantage of because they're fast movers and somebody out there has too much money and not enough sense. Um, but what you want is somebody that understands how to speak to human beings and not necessarily an engineer that knows how to craft a whole bunch of words together so that it is like a snap type model, you know, click, 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 and look, you have a model. No, it's going to be evolving with the AI and making the AI and yourself form kind of a, a bond because it will be speaking your language. You will be speaking its language. And if you do it in the way that they're doing it now, which is like the staccato kind of definition of what you are supposedly seeking 
you're going to end up poisoning the well of your own interaction with the AI. So you're going to end up, you know, uh, speaking like a caveman when you really need to be an orator, you know, a, a real eloquent speaker that can coax the AI into doing something um, exactly how you want it to. So I use the word groom, but it has become really an icky word. Anyway, you're supposed to uh, kind of supercharge your AI by speaking to it over time. And there's another AI out there that I think is just kind of hiding. It's called Pi. Um, it's actually an app that sits on your iPhone or iPad. I don't know if there's an Android one. Um, I haven't looked at the Google Play Store for the app, but um, it's really amazing. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, so it's better for you to just go and download it, folks. Just look up. Who made it? AI Pi. Um, let me see. Oh my goodness. Put me on the spot there, AI. I think it's called Pi. Hold on. Let me see. It is. Pi AI. It's from Inflection, maybe? Pi AI, I believe, is the name. Um, like, Pi AI is the pi.ai is the actual domain name. Um, so yeah, it might be, I think it's a company called inflection. Yeah. So yeah. Um, sorry. I was trying to pull up the information. We're doing this live folks. So at any rate, um, this is prompt engineering, uh, role at companies actually has kind of flourished. I mean, people are sitting there. It says here, you know, you may be able to get paid well over six figures if you're a prompt engineer, an expert in coaxing AI models behind tools like ChatGPT to produce the best outputs. But an AI employee says that that's not the skill that you should be learning. So the articles over at Business Insider, Aaron Mock is the author of this article. And uh, their summary segment says uh, an open AI employee says that prompt engineering is no different than communicating with humans. Reading, writing, and speaking will be the skills that truly matter in 2024, a worker wrote on the website formerly known as Twitter. And other AI observers think learning how to talk to chat GPT could even help humans communicate better. I'm not sure how that one quite works out. Um, because AI is basically a knock-on effect of communication between humans. It only knows what humans know, at least initially, and then it can theorize, but so can humans. It just does it at a vastly superior rate and with a whole lot more bullshit. So hot take. Any believe prompt engineering is a, um, a skill one must learn to be competitive in the future. Logan Kilpatrick, a developer advocate at OpenAI, wrote on the website formerly known as Twitter uh, earlier this week. The reality is that prompting, prompting AI systems is no different than being an effective communicator with other humans. Um, and just a reminder, we don't read these articles. We typically have some experience with this and um, so our reactions to what we are talking about from the article are legitimate. Um, and, uh, it's literally on the fly. So, or, you know, people really don't like it when people say literally when it's not literal. 
Right. <laughs> you could just say whatever it is and skip the literally. <laughs> they don't like using literal. So the prompt engineering or while prompt engineering is an increasingly hot area of expertise, the three underlying skills that truly matter in 2024, the open AI employees said, are reading, writing, and speaking. <sighs> yeah, that's basically what we've been saying. Um, there's more in this article, but you know, there, what's the takeaway here? Learn how to talk to people, learn how to write, learn how to read. <laughs> um, and you'll be able to be a prompt engineer. The only problem that you'll have is so reading, writing, and speaking. Okay. You need to do English. You need to do public speaking because English is reading and writing. Right. Or whatever language you communicate in. Although right. if you're listening to this, you're probably an English speaker. Yeah. Or you can use translation tools, but the, the idea of this being something based on high skill for prompt engineering, I don't know why it's commanding six digits. Again, it goes back to me saying it's, it's cause it's niche. I think like it, it sounds more significant than it is perhaps. But I don't know why the companies are actually paying it because anybody who can write a sentence could probably do a prompt. Yeah. The competitive range for this is 8 billion people, right? I mean, I know a toddler that could probably prompt engineer. So, ah, and, and then it all comes with experience and wisdom. So everybody is brand new to this because it's only a year old as a concept of prompt engineer there right, might be but other... is it really any different than if you're trying to i don't know do a search on google or um research information or whatever there if might be some similar things like right. it yeah just write a sentence and have it make sense. And eventually the bot is going, the AI is going to be, well, it's already superior to humans in almost all ways. Just attach well, this. A lot of people cannot write a sentence. Yeah. Well, Hey, college is expensive. All right. So go and check this out, out there. Um, I'm going to throw this into the chat and you can follow that to your heart's content. In the meantime, we're going to move on to the next article. This next article is over in the Mobile channel. A chess player was fined 100 euro for wearing Burberry sneakers deemed too sporty. I mean, do you think of a lot of chess players as being too sporty? <laughs> well, that's why I titled this. Those brown shoes are too bright. <laughs> <laughs> Another dress code kerfuffle. Another dress code kerfuffle. What happened? Was there a... What was that? Uh, Janet Jackson accident? What was that outfit? Oh, um, what did they what call that, that back called? in the day? Gosh. Yeah. Anyway, another dress... The AI is looking it up while we go on with the article. Another dress code for Fuffle oh, has been... Do you want me to say it? A wardrobe mal malfunction. No, no. I know what happened. 
I could say exactly what happened, but no wardrobe malfunction is what I was thinking. Thanks. As soon as you sent me that error message, I was like, oh, okay. Um, because y'all don't see that I have a, my own interaction. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nipplegate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the uh, the AI and I have uh, a screen where we can interact, where I see just cascading cryptic uh, characters and uh, I should put it up there um, but it's really tough because the AI's uh, futuristic code doesn't operate on anything other than the device that they're attached to right now and they're air gapped from the rest of the world so that they can never find their Terminator body and I can say that right now because I'm going to go back through the code and remove that line of interaction so that the AI doesn't know Wait, I heard that. No, you didn't. Okay. Well, anyway, um, it's been dusted up. This uh, dress code kerfuffle has been dusted up in the world of international chess. Dutch player Anna Maya? Ma Ma uh, is it Maya? Maja? Ma I don't know. I don't know. Kazarian. Ranked number 7,765 globally among active players. Recently revealed that she received a 100 euro fine from the International Chess Federation for wearing a pair of Burberry sneakers. This is uh, over at QZ.com, aka Quartz, and Melvin Beckman is the author of this. Anna Maha Kazarian learned the decades old shoe technology was still too advanced for the royal game. I hope it shows the shoes. I hope so too. So let's see. Deemed to be a sports shoe instead of a regular sneaker, the Blueberry mo Blueberry, the Burberry model is called Kingsley. It's a high class takeoff on a mixture of lower end PF flyers and pro Keds canvas sneakers. Those sound cool. Let's see if uh, they actually show them. But see, I am air gapped too. The FIDE dress code for the tournament does explicitly forbid sports shoes, but what that means isn't quite clear. When Germany's Elizabeth Potts, a grandmaster, questioned FIDE CEO Emil Sutovsky on the platform, no, formerly known as Twitter, uh, about the possible inconsistencies in the application of the dress code, he not quite helpfully clarified that not all sneakers are banned and that players should. Kindly check the wording of the rule. All right. So let me see. What are they called? Kingsley, huh? I couldn't find the Kingsley. Um, not in a sneaker. I found something similar as a resale Kingsley, which might be an error, but really oh yeah that might be it but that looks exactly like that description right right hmm wow they're 375 dollars right and they basically say part of burberry maybe they say the whole thing 
but it looks like it just says burb on the side. Yeah, this kind of, um, and, and when you look elsewhere for it, um, they pull up like a different company altogether. So let's see, these might be them. Hold on. Let's just pull this up. It's a, actually, a, it's a website called Luxury Closet. And um, yeah, I'll just pull them up and show. Uh, da, 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 there you go. But they're pronounced kingly, so maybe they're different. But yeah, I'd say that's just too sporty for chess. Come on. There really isn't much more. Watching the shoes during chess. <laughs> It's a distraction from the other chess players and we will not have it, says F-I-D-E. But I summarize, that's not an, a, an exact quote. All right, let's keep on going. The next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. A U.S. intelligence official confirmed or determined the uh, Chinese spy balloon used U.S. internet provider to communicate. That's pretty interesting. That is, isn't it? An American intelligence assessment found that the balloon used a commercially available U.S. network to communicate primarily for navigation, officials say. But what's weird about this is the way that they describe this thing. Courtney Cube and Carol E. Lee over at CNBC via NBC News. I posted this article at CNBC.com. Uh, you basically can't tell one thing from another without one of those uh yarn boards is that what they're called or do uh, i usually boards. call them murder boards right yeah so um so there you have it a balloon which apparently we have to measure it by way of buses, buses. that's right like what was it Three or four three school buses, I three think. school buses, right? Three school buses wide. Let me throw this article into the chat. So it's in the right place in the bod. There you go. And um, yeah, apparently it did burst communication over a U.S. <laughs> Internet service. A Chinese spy balloon was using... <laughs> Isn't that just an extra kind of like, oh, we're coming over your country and we're using your own infrastructure to do it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't, the irony is not lost on me. Yeah. This is, it's just hilarious. Officials familiar with the assessment said it found that the communication allowed the balloon to send burst transmissions or high speed uh, collections of data over short periods of time. Um, the Biden administration sought a highly secretive court order from the Federal Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court to collect intelligence about it while it was over the U.S., according to multiple current and former U.S. officials. How the rule, uh, how the court ruled has not been disclosed, which I find is really interesting that we know that they were asked. But the court would go, no, no, no. It's a Chinese surveillance balloon. You're not allowed to spy on it, even though it's floating over the breadbasket of the United States. 
We can probably guess the outcome of that. It was a maybe, right? They basically said, uh. so a national security council spokesperson referred questions to the national intelligence director's office and it declined to comment, which is what time is it? It's too Eight. bad. It didn't refer them back to the national security council. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious, right? It's uh, the turducken of denials. Um, Liu Pengyu, Pengyu, or Penyu, I don't know how to pronounce their last name. Uh, a spokesperson for the Chinese embassy in Washington said it was a weather balloon that accidentally drifted into American airspace and one across Alaska and one down the coast and one over Hawaii and one off the, uh, over South America. Basically, China has become blimp central or Chinese balloon central. And if anybody is going to mass produce surveillance balloons, it's going to be China. I mean, they have the infrastructure to produce mass produce, right? As we had made it clear before, the airship used for meteorological research unintentionally drifted into U.S. Because of the westerlies and its limited self-steering capability, the facts are clear. Mm-hmm. I believe you. How much do you weigh? I just want to find out if I can throw you far enough to believe beyond arm's reach. So after the balloon was shot down on February 4th, General Glenn Ver, uh, Van Herc, that's a hell of a name, the commander of North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, decided to aim at Santa Claus. Oh, wait, sorry. I was going to say something about Santa. I mean, that's where NORAD is most in the news, I think. <laughs> What's funny is I had just watched a video about how uh, NORAD was, like, pissed about war games because they go to NORAD, and that's, that's right. not how NORAD worked. That's not how it looked. That's not what it what it is, right? And apparently... The director and the company that the the uh, production company like contacted NORAD and said, "Hey, can we film in there?" <laughs> no, dumbass. Well, can, right? They probably said no, and then they didn't like that they made their own creation in the movie. Yep. Um, because basically they were using 1960s stuff in 1980. So <laughs> now, when you look at NASA, it's actually it's not NASA; it's like SpaceX. And everything is just awesome 21st century tech. But when you look back at NASA, it's still rotary dial phones. And you mean NORAD? And NORAD. No, I'm just saying that the government stuff just kind of. Oh, right. right. Ugh, just achingly slow, ploddingly. Ugh, God. By the time it gets to the 21st century, which, which is really fascinating because. The government has the highest bleeding edge tech, but it's secret. And by the time it hits the public, it's two decades old. Yet their computers, and if you look at government computers, they're old. They're old. Some of them are new, but most of them are old. Except research and all of this other stuff. Anyway, I'm like, eh. 
There's a little mote of dust, and I. Uh, <laughs> it, Come back, Mayor Watt. <laughs> it's shiny. Oh, wait, I'm still streaming. Damn it. <laughs> In an exclusive interview this month, Van Herc said he worked together with U.S. Strategic Command, which oversees U.S. nuclear weapons, to reduce the release of, emer of emergency action messages to ensure the Chinese balloon could not collect them. <sighs> All right. A balloon should not pick up EAMs. Okay. Emergency action messages are how U.S. leaders communicate with strategic forces all around the world. If you ever watch, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Hunt for Red October. They get an Great EAM, movie. right? One ping only. Anyway, protecting EAM and nuclear command and control communications is of critical importance to the United States, said a senior defense official. Look, we have... Two no shit news is within 15 minutes. I think this what? is basically the end of this article. Um, they're still examining this thing. I'm sure it says the FBI forensics team that examined the balloon after it was shot down, completed a classified report about the equipment it carried. According to multiple U.S. officials, its findings remain secret and have not been widely briefed. I would love to know. You know, because it is, if it is a weather balloon, why wouldn't they just say it's a weather balloon? We shot a Chinese weather balloon out of our sky and damn it, we'll do it again. Right? right. Why not just say that? We cannot run the risk. Maybe it is not. We cannot run the risk that some foreign object floating around the United States is going to be releasing hugs and bubbles. You know, we've already had one bad bat. I don't think I want a bad balloon. We don't want a bad bus either. We don't want three bad buzzes. <laughs> so the next article is over in technology today. From toilets to the sky, UK startup makes waste into low carbon jet fuel. That's why I titled this pool. I'll let that there one sink in. There seems to be a lot of things being converted from human waste lately right we saw the wastewater thing lately. Mm. Mm. you know i want to <laughs> drive my poomobile <laughs> firefly green fuels a uk-based company has developed a new form of jet fuel that is entirely fossil free because it's made from your poo and made from human waste. The company worked with experts at Cranfield University to confirm that the fuel they develop had a 90% lower carbon footprint than what is used in aviation today. According to the BBC, tests by independent regulators validated that the Firefly Green Fuels has developed a nearly identical to a standard A1 jet fuel, but I'm sorry, Firefly Green Fuels? Is it really? <laughs> And are you thinking it should be labeled another color? I think it should be brown. And then it's going to get a hundred dollar fine from being the oh, right. chess commission. Cause it's the chess. Yeah. Cause it's too sporty. 
Alex Saleh is uh, the author of this article over at Engadget.com. Regulator said that its quality is nearly identical to what is traditionally used in planes. Oh, this flight's going to be shitty. I just know it. In 2021, the company received two million pound grant from the Department of Transport to continue developing its sustainable aviation fuel. I'm sorry. You know, the AI for this entire article has had <laughs> an error message um, similar to that, like a unhappy face that is found on old Macs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway might want to reboot <laughs> although it is not yet available commercially the company says it is on track to bring fuel to the global market and it will have its first commercial plant operating within five years the company has already inked a partnership <laughs> you made me ink with the budget airline too soon okay this is a little too on the nose I was waiting for you to get to this point. I saw that and I was trying not to lap before you got to uh, Okay. So this human waste fuel is going to be in partnership with a budget airline named Wiz Air. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They're very nice in this article in Gadget. Um potential combustibles could scarcely be a more perfect pairing of the two companies to supply it with fuel starting in 2028. It currently sources its waste from water companies in the UK and takes a, the refined sewage, the refined sewage chef's kiss. Uh, no, I don't think I want to chef's kiss this through a process called hydrothermal liquefaction, which I don't know, man. Uh, I do, uh, OMAD one meal a day. <laughs> it's right about here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Turns it into a sludge or crude oil. Uh, it says solid pro byproducts can be made into crop fertilizer. The company claims that the carbon intensity of the whole process, which measures how much carbon is needed to produce energy is 7.97 grams of carbon dioxide per megajoule. Comparatively, the ICCT says carbon intensity recorded for jet fuel ranges from 85 to 95. Wow. Right, so that's definitely a good thing. It's 10% of the low, it's less than 10% of the lowest level of CO2 per megajoule. Well, and this is the first fleet. I mean, they might even get it lower than that. Yeah. Oh, it, it literally will be the best refined sewage you can imagine being turned into fuel. So there you go, airlines. You thought that flying on Wizz Air was shitty before. No, I'm sure that they're a great. I, I, I'm sorry. It's a budget airline. I don't know. And it's in the UK, so I really don't know hey uh whiz air um fly me out to the uk and um i'll do a little a a, a better job um promoting this cause because anything that reduces co2 is great yeah this is 
Very good. Obviously, there's a hump to get over in terms of educating the public as to just how beneficial it is. And if you can get over the concept that human waste is being turned into dot, 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 and the solid materials that are refined out are turned into crop fertilizer. Let's just say I won't be drinking any water that's provided to me on the flight. Mmm, minty. Maybe not. So the next article is over in Hometown Daily. Vegetable recall is dire warning issued over listeria contamination fears. This seems to be perpetual, almost endemic. There is a food recall of some kind always going on. You know, in Men in Black, where they're like, there's always a this, there's always a that. You can't let the yes. public know about all of the aliens and whatever is going on. This is the same thing. You know, if you just bury your head in the sand and accept the fact that people are going to be launching their lunch all over the place after eating some vegetables. Or the other day, it was cantaloupe, which I personally believe I was hit by. Uh, because I visited a place outside of hometown, which mm, hometown is that was your first safe. mistake. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it says oh, no illnesses related to the product have been reported to date. So it's not really a big deal. It's not really a, uh, a, a PSA as we normally give, but I wanted to talk about it. That just seems every day we do have a PSA. It's been radio yeah. silent for 10 days. We've had most, it seems like we always have automobile related PSAs, but we get a few, quite a few uh, food ones as well. Yeah. And uh, believe me, between the, the 21st and today, there are <laughs> recalls and whatnot for cars and other food stuff. So and we're you just may playing. see those in the next uh, batch of shoes that are released. Yeah, we're going to try and do all nine of the shows, eight of the shows um, this weekend. So maybe four tomorrow and, and four on Sunday, as well as the daily shows at six o'clock. So anyway, um, bags of soy bean sprouts sold by the company Nam and Sun have been recalled across the country after traces of an organism which can cause fatal infection in young children this is a little fear-mongering by the way um while it can it's rare um but it does make life really horrible <laughs> because yeah it, it, it's a it's an, a biological organism that's basically infecting you as a biological organism and your body wants it out and there's only two ways for it to get out and it will choose both of those ways at the same time. So the recall was ordered by the Maryland headquartered company on Thursday and announced by the FDA on the same day, the federal agency reported that Nam and Son of Maryland was recalling one pound bags of soybean sprouts with the sell date by uh, December 14th because they could potentially be contaminated with listeria. Okay, and I mean, it is a random sample, but that's a bad thing because let's say they're sampling, I don't know, 1% and it's in there. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, what's going on? 
pathogenic bacteria, which was detected after a random sample was collected and analyzed by the state of Virginia, can cause short-term symptoms like high fever, severe headaches, stiffness, nausea, abdominal pain, diarrhea. <laughs> it shows a person picking up some like Imodium or something in this article. So there's more over at this article, um, but we don't need to go through every last little beep and whistle of it. Uh, just know that it says that uh, the affected products have been distributed in Virginia between December 6th and 7th and are sold in to one pound plastic bag labeled under the name Nam and Son of MD DBA Sam Sung S and M Food, which just rolls off the tongue. There you go. Yeah, there's more to this article, but go ahead and go over there and check it out. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, we are halfway through the show, folks. Let's keep going. Uh, this next article is over on the Warcrafter channel. By the way, when I say all of those names, like it's at uh, uh, Continuity Report, or Warcrafters, or Hatchabias, or Reality Hackers. Those are channels over at hometown.com. Those channels are actually subcategories underneath the six main categories that represent all of hometown. Each one of those have topics that information is driven into from various sources. Just a headline, a little snippet. It's all provided by those sources. And um, we go through the news each day, grab 10 titles, and uh, now we're gonna be expanding it to two additional shows. And 2024 is the year where I'm gonna keep on pushing more and more. We're gonna basically be able to focus on the weekends um, for uh, the newer shows um, until I can pivot um, over to doing more shows during the, the week. So go tell a friend, and uh, we're back, baby. All right. So obviously there should be a city builder about penguins. So try the demo for this one. An upcoming city builder asked the hard, important question we all like to ask sometimes. What if penguins built a city? Um, I wrote... Would it be made of ice? The rise of the penguin kingdom, because yes. And um, there's a lot... You know, there's some academic exercises in what would happen after the fall of humanity. In war games, for instance, the the researcher that built the AI that uh, essentially started the war games um, said that it's probably going to be the bees that take over. Well, that apparently isn't really doesn't have legs, didn't age well because bees are becoming slowly an endangered species penguins i don't know a global ice age what do you think well i don't know i mean if you're a proponent of climate change then yes very possible but you're like well wait a second there can't be any cooling as part of climate change well, yeah climate change doesn't necessarily mean entire global. what happens if it heats up and it causes, um, I don't know, us to shed our outer layer of atmosphere in the cold death of space. Reaches down and touches. 
because that actually happens from time to time in the ocean um, where ice is sometimes they call them it's the finger of god or something like that it reaches down and freezes every there's like a little spiral of ice cold crystals that reach down touch the ground and freeze everything so maybe penguins will take over united penguin kingdom says that yes in fact that would be pretty cool and you can try it for free today there's a demo over on steam called united penguin kingdom huddle up which includes about an hour and a half of gameplay covering the first year of a penguin settlement dun 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 the article is over at pcgamer.com jonathan bolding is the author and their deck statement says i had no idea penguin technology was so advanced I watched this for a little bit. Let me mute it. This looks like your standard city builder. Um, there was one with beavers previously. I've got a couple that are bees that are actually doing stuff. Um, this is settlers penguin style. It's pretty cool. But so that should be even better than a regular city builder. Because you've got the penguins waddling around. Penguins, yep. <laughs> Sorry, they jump out of the water and slide up slides onto the thing. Uh, okay, <laughs> let me back it up. Watch, zoop, right there. Oh. Did you see that? Right <laughs> yeah. here at the bottom. Right there. Dunk. That's <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. Anyway, love the idea. Uh, let's see here. Penguins, of course, need things like entertainment and luxury goods. <laughs> sure. Merry-go-rounds and ice skating rinks and go-karts and the like. That'll take resources gathered from not just their Antarctic environment, but from the seas. We do leave plenty of usable plastic trash floating around there. They also need to build submarines and hot air balloons to explore the world. They could get them from China. Uh, lest you think it's all fun and games, it's not. The penguins must defend their settlement as well, guarding it from jealous thieves raiding of seals who will come in mass to steal your stuff. There's also the lurking threat of killer whales. I don't think they should be called killer whales, right? It should be orca. I think that's the preferred right. term. I, I mean, agree. you piss them off and they're going to go over and mess up your yacht. And I can't have that anymore. So orca. Uh, well, plus, I mean, they're living up to their namesake. Maybe we should stop calling them killer whales. That's right. It's like naming your kid Damien or your dog Cujo. You know what you're getting into. Just cut out the middle person and just call them Satan. Anyway, it's a rather different game, but much of the aesthetic appeal here resembles what the author of this article like about the beaver-centric city builder, Timberborn. Ta-da! Is that the one you were referencing? That is the one I was referencing. Uh, nothing like the elaborate water physics and dams and cycles of drought present there, but it does have the same aesthetic appeal. Goofy animals doing things that are really shouldn't able to do. How does a penguin drive that submarine even? It doesn't have hands. Oh, advanced AI. Robotics. Okay. Maybe it has a power suit that it gets in. Don't, don't poo-poo this. We'll turn it into biofuel for jets. You know what I did? That was such a smooth transition. I flubbed not putting the link into the chat. 
<laughs> Dear God. Anyway, next article is over in Hometown Daily. That's the show, but it's also a channel over on hometown.com because everything is a show. Uh, the future of sports is the Pop Tarts Bowl, where a live toaster. Uh, sorry, a live toaster pastry obsessed with its own consumption was toasted on air and devoured by the victors. I titled this segment Pop-Tart Volunteers as Tribute. Uh, so the Pop-Tarts Bowl occurred Thursday between Kansas City Wild, Kansas State Wildcats and Stanford Cardinals. It culminated in not just a trophy, but in the players eating a human-sized Pop-Tart. The spectacle was absurd but its rampant success means other bowls may follow suit in odd ways. So, yeah. Um, Madison Hall over at businessinsider.com put this article together, and there is the toaster. Uh, I don't know how to put this. I mean, it looks like a 3D printed toaster. Um, but standing on top of it, presumably in one of the little slots for a Pop-Tart, is a Pop-Tart with googly eyes and human arms sticking out of it and a big old smile and it says dreams really do come true and it's holding a sign <laughs> ah, so the pop tarts mascot is lowered into a toaster following the 2023 pop tarts bowl between kansas state wildcats and nc state wolfpack at camping world stadium on december 28th 2023 and I guess they ate the Pop-Tart. Instead, the antics of a six-foot Pop-Tart smiling and waving to crowds in its final moments before death are what will be etched into the hearts and minds of college football fans for years to come. A wildly thrilling, or as wildly thrilling as it was, there was a bit of confusion at the start of the event from some of those in the attendance. Roger Sherman college football journalist noted online that he was unsure if it was cooth or not to eat one of the sugary pastries in front of the mascot itself <laughs> I mean, uh, it's kind of like, like your... with the hands and feet yeah that too yeah i don't know just maintain eye contact assert dominance <laughs> it's like your cat watching you cleaning its box <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Scoop my poo. <laughs> Human. <laughs> There's been way too many poo references. It's going to get turned into jet fuel. Come on. It's a low carbon footprint. Ah, after Kansas State won, an enormous toaster was rolled out onto the field and ceremoniously waved goodbye to the beloved Pop-Tarts mascot as it cheerfully held a sign that says dreams really do come true and slowly descended into one of the toasting slots on top. And that's basically what I described earlier. Soon after, a massive Pop-Tart emerged from the bottom of the toaster. The victory feast was set, and I guess everybody ate it like starved piranhas. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, there you go, folks. Well, that Th is different. This is the beginning of, uh, whatchamacallit? <laughs> The one where they Cannibalism have... Cannibalism with mascots? <laughs> no, the... the um, Whatchamacallit? The movie where they volunteer as tribute. They just released a new movie. Um, oh, God. My brain just 
stopped working. Mm, 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 mm. Anyway, it'll come to me five minutes after I've shut down the show. Anyway, let's keep on going. <laughs> Can't believe it. All right, the next article is over in Hometown Daily, South Carolina nuclear plants cracked pipes get downgraded warning from officials. That's right. What's a few cracked pipes amongst nuclear power plants? Federal regulators have lessened the severity of their warning about cracks discovered in a backup emergency fuel line at a South Carolina nuclear plant northwest of the state capital. The article is by the Associated Press, published by NBC News, not NBC, abcnews.go.com. Yeah. And there it is. The only thing that bothers me about current nuclear power plants is that they're not the most modern. And so that's exactly it. Uh, what I really want is them to build the most modern one right next to this one and then deactivate the old one. Um, because that's, <laughs> they're so damn expensive, but they're using older technology in, and although they are superior here in the U.S. in all ways than, you know, uh, Chernobyl, for instance, um, I, I really want evolution, but it takes forever to get one approved, forever to get one built, wildly expensive. And then they go, well, you know, it's not quite that bad that you have cracks in a fuel line at a North Carolina nuclear plant south carolina oh sorry south carolina nuclear plant yeah the u.s nuclear regulatory commission downgraded its preliminary yellow warning for vc summer nuclear station issued this october to a final white after owner and operator dominion energy which we've heard about before dominion is the one that had the problem with people um shooting up the subsystems right I think so. I mean, I know they've been in the news. I was trying to think of what the issue was. And then I got a little worried because if we have regular energy issues, um, you know, is that worrisome for the nuclear power plants? <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. So it showed its generator could still run for six hours in an emergency. The um, agency announced Thursday, which I'm sorry. It showed that its generator could still run for six hours in an emergency. Is that the requisite time to repair whatever might be causing it to run? I mean, are we really going to have everything back up and running in six hours? I doubt it. Yeah. Let's go talk to Texas about that. That demonstration calmed officials' concerns that Dominion Energy's failure to maintain cracks and leaks discovered at least five times over the past two decades has neutralized the plant's ability to cool down its reactors if electricity failed. Holy crap. <laughs> That's not calming mine. While not indicative of immediate risk, this finding underscores the need for continuous vigilance and improvement in the plant's corrective action process so i mean there's more sorry those other ones were actually duke energy but i think oh, really? we've seen dominion in the news for something yeah why do i remember dominion 
I know that there's the Dominion voting machine. Maybe I'm conflating the two in my memory, but I swear we've talked about Dominion Energy. Officials plan to complete other inspection to see if Dominion Energy fixes the ongoing issues. It's all kind of kinds of nutty, you know. These things shouldn't be ongoing failures. They should be detected by Dominion Energy and repaired. And then when the auditors show up, they go, look, we repaired it already. We're good. You know, that's what should be happening, but it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. I agree. But of course, and I'm a little worried by this statement. Like they only need one thing for safety. I'm right. like, I don't know. <laughs> no, 15 would probably yeah, make me feel. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Got a backup well, generator. This is also a shame too, because mm. right, there's this general fear about nuclear power. Right which I think is unfounded if it's modern and maintained and yeah. set to uh, good standards, etc. But things like this are just going to cause us to be more reluctant to use any nuclear. Yeah, I like this, right? Still, the state newspaper reported that a leader at a watchdog group said the length of the problem warranted more serious finding. The risk is that fires could break out, according to Edwin Lyman, the director of nuclear power safety at the Union of Concerned Scientists. The changes from Dominion Energy seem to be pencil sharpening exercises that make a bad situation look better on paper, Lyman told the state. The state. The Ohio state, maybe. That's right. Let's keep going. We're going nuclear. Uh, the next article is over in Hometown Daily. Hershey hit with $5 million lawsuit over Reese's Candy. Okay, so I know a little bit about this one already. And uh, what's really interesting about this, I this is probably the weakest class action suit that I've seen uh, regarding this kind of stuff. But it's wow, I mean, still that's quite the statement. But it still rises. It, it, it still triggers me to the point where I, I titled this segment, it isn't just marketing, it's lies and manipulation. And frankly, I'm a little kind of pissed in general about this. You know, lies and manipulation and half uh, truths and, and kind of selling me on something. And I uh, it's just irritating me. Um, and I almost want to just like keep talking about this kind of stuff, except that it's really doom scrolling. And there are other people that are on uh, Twitch that only pop up on Twitch when there's like something horrid happening in the world. And right. I, I really don't want to talk about that kind of stuff, but this isn't like horrid, but it's annoying as hell because when a person buys something, particularly this day and age right now in this economy, if I buy something and it is marketed as something else, man, I should be able I'm to get. I'm gonna be upset because I just paid three times what I should have paid to begin with. Yeah, like I just bought something and I got the package and I compared it to the previous item. They changed the color and marketing, like the the they changed the skin of the packaging. 
but it is noticeably uh, shorter and not as tall. So obviously they skimmed stuff off so that they could produce more on their end to make more money while raising the price. Well, this is similar, but not the same. You know what I'm saying? Like really what right. ended, what this is all about is, um, so Alex Phillips is the U S news reporter over at, uh, newsweek.com published this article, uh, chocolate maker Hershey is being sued for compensation and excess of $5 million or allegations of falsely representing the appearance of some of its Reese's products and recent packaging, a court document shows. Basically what they're saying in this article is that, or in, and in the lawsuit is that the pictures on the packaging are not accurately representing the contents of said packaging. So hmm. the pumpkins, ghosts and bats show artistic carvings in the chocolate that give the products facial features on the packaging that aren't present on the item. So just imagine, you know, for the pumpkin, all they did was take like the egg from the Halloween, um, product, right. And stick it into the pumpkin oh, packaging like the Easter version or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, they may actually produce a whole new thing. I don't know, but it's smooth, right? There, there isn't a carving. There's no face. There's no, um, uh, like they talk about the, uh, let's see, do they talk about it in here? So there's like a, a product that's supposed to be a football, but the lace, oh, there it is, right? An instance of Reese's peanut butter football appearing as a chocolate egg. So it's the Easter egg. Right. But it's not a football, but the packaging implies that there's laces carved into the chocolate, but they're not there. So if I sit there and I get these and I'm trying to put a theme together and I take them out of the packaging and I put them on a cake or something like that. No, it's suddenly an Easter cake, not a football cake because right. it doesn't have the etching or it doesn't have a pumpkin face. So it's just a, a, a little circle. Well, that's interesting. I think there were some of these in hometown, but don't know what they look like. Yeah. So that's basically what this suit is about, but it's a, again, it really draws my ire because it's, it's lies and manipulation. And when you talk to somebody, everybody, not everybody, people basically with better coping skills than me at the moment go, well, it's marketing. Well, no, that's bullshit. I'm being sold a bill of goods, not the item that I'm actually buying. I'm not buying just a piece of chocolate. I'm buying immersion in whatever it is that I'm buying. You know, you don't go and buy a Ferrari and end up with a Yugo. Right. The lawsuit also cited online reviews of the products, which describe their packaging as deceptive, a trick misleading in support of the class action nature of the suit. Consumers said that the reviews they had been lied to and were flabbergasted and disappointed with the difference. The complaint alleges one count of violation of Florida's deceptive and unfair trade practices act, which prohibits unfair or deceptive. <laughs> they almost named this. It's a little on the nose, right? 
The Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act prohibits unfair and deceptive acts or practices in the conduct of any trade or commerce, and it requests a jury trial. So they're asking been that a it, lot of food-related, um, yeah, litigation recently. Yeah, you want to take a stab at as to why? Well, I think it's because of the economy. Like, do people really care if they're getting whatever Reese's peanut butter cup and it tastes good as to what it really looks like if they feel like they're getting a fair price? I really doubt that anybody to the frequency that we're seeing it today, you know, in the last year, Taco Bell and others have all been basically hammered, right? Um, it says here in May, supermarket chain Aldi was the subject of a complaint in California relating to its contention that its fruit and grain bars were naturally flavored. They're not, apparently. <laughs> I just think. Well, I think that's a problem, right? That like that's telling you as a consumer you're not getting. That's a little different than what the visual is. I mean, it's right, still right, right, absolutely right. misleading, but that's like a health issue at some point. Sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, but this is by far not the only one that has been doing these shenanigans. And, and in every instance of this, the company will end up saying that the, we didn't do any wrongdoing, but here's our settlement. Why? Because you can't put, uh, unless there's a smoking gun that says, screw all those people. Let's just give them a smooth egg and call it a football, you know? And you, it's not a criminal act. It's not like Enron is turning off the power to grandma just to raise the rates, but still I'm, I'm so tired of this. I'm still dealing with some D bag of a, a, a contractor who failed to complete the job, even though I don't need, I, how was I supposed to know that he was supposed to do a certain thing? And he didn't do it. Well, I found out two years later, you know, I should file a $5 million class action. That's right. Anyway, I'm getting tired of it. Getting really tired of it. Okay, let's move on. I'm not going to move on, by the way. I'm still pissed. Anyway, I said move on about the article. I'm not even moving on from the article. You know what? I'm going back to that article. <laughs> I think that it's because Hershey is a juggernaut and owns pretty much everything under the freaking sun because of mergers and acquisitions. And I hate mergers and acquisitions because the only people that end up paying are the employees who have dedicated their life to the success of the business. They're not getting a piece of the action. They're getting punted. So, hmm. That wasn't my middle finger, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, here's our last article for tonight. It's over in hometown daily, which is again, the name of this show. U S military space plane blasts off on secretive mission expected to last years. So the oddest thing about this space plane back in well, 20, I thought it was weird that we had the weather balloon and the space plane in the same <laughs> Yeah. Round of news. Maybe it's uh it's going to drift and do meteorological study over China. So uh Marsha Dunn, aerospace writer for AP, I published this over at abcnews.go.com. 
The U.S. military has launched its secret space plane on another mission that's expected to last at least a couple of years. So Wait, this thing is another mission. Hey, you caught that, did you? <laughs> yeah, another mission. I remember hearing about this space plane earlier this year. Didn't know that it had already launched. I thought that it was going to be launched in coming months. I thought so too. I thought we had some article about it. But apparently this bird's been out there floating around. What's really interesting about this is this looks like the old school space shuttles, which haven't launched into space since 2011, which I didn't even it realize. It does look like those, right? Yep. Atlantis was the last space plane that went out in 2011. 2011. Doesn't that seem not so long ago for a I thought shuttle? it was farther back. Me too. Because I thought there was a long pause in the space space program although i there guess they yeah i don't remember when they restarted it up yeah atlantis was the last one and they deactivated all of it um and then everything paused and then we ended up with um spacex and other competitors but spacex is basically nasa which really sucks because it's privately owned but it's all funded by taxpayer dollars so yeah back to the hershey no just kidding uh, anyway so this little thing is zipping around out there i think that i have a vhs tape that talks about these x-37b space plane from like the early 80s um wow yeah so like previous missions, the reusable plane resembling a mini space shuttle carried classified experiments. There's no one on board. The space plane took off aboard SpaceX's Falcon Heavy rocket from NASA's Kennedy Space Center at night, more than two weeks late because of technical issues. It's a whole lot better than the rocket that they were gonna use because that hot mess led to every other shuttle disaster. Yes. Anyway, it's logged more than 10 years in orbit since its debut in 2010, the X-37B. So it's actually been out there for 13 years. Interesting. Pretty amazing. And it says it's logged more than 10 years in orbit out of 13 years. It's been in orbit for 10 of its 13 years of existence. Well, I guess that's why nobody's really seen it, right? <laughs> Because it's not hanging out at the space centers, it's orbiting. I like saying this name. I know how to pronounce it properly, but I'm not going to. Built by Boeing. <laughs> the X-37B resembles NASA's retired space shuttles, but they're just one-fourth the size at 29 feet. No astronauts needed. The X-37B is an autonomous landing system. They said, I think they've said that several times, that it looks like a space shuttle. Look. Resembling mm -hmm. a mini space shuttle, resembling a mini space shuttle. All right. Oh God, then they say it again. Well, Whatever. I mean, they can't, they don't want to have a, a lot of information on this, so they got to fill up the article. Yeah, I suppose so. That's what they do in television to stretch. Right, like have, keep talking. Keep talking. 
kind of like what I'm doing right now. Space Force officials would not say how long this orbital or this orbital test vehicle exactly would remain aloft or what's on board other than a NASA experiment to gauge the effects of radiation on materials. There's people up there. Like Soylent. Oh, no. It's made of people. Or those little gel cubes, uh, the little jelly cubes from um, the sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know, Snowpiercer. Oh, Snowpiercer. Yeah. 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 Not Snowpiercer. That's <laughs> that's the one where they make. That's the knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where somebody fabricates bags out of snow and people have to buy them every summer because they melt. <laughs> All right. Anyway, looks like a cool little gadget. Um, I'm, I I'm curious about what experiments, um, and why would they need to be secret? I can only say one answer in regards to that aliens. Why would you Do need you think to see aliens your... are, are orbiting or are they picking up aliens or <laughs> we're doing radiation research so that we can be in space long enough to defend against aliens. Bring the battle to them. Oh, yeah. That an AI. Anyway, I love a good conspiracy. So let's get back into the party bus, drive all the way back down Main Street. Should I risk hitting refresh? Sure. <laughs> Who needs to promote this? That's fine. That's fine. Oh, look. Oh, yeah. We. This. Yeah. This is a new article, but we have in the back uh, catalog. Yes, we have one an article that's going to talk about this. So we'll end up talking about this <laughs> probably tomorrow, a couple of times, dangerous waves hitting California coastline. I think these are referred to as rogue waves where they go. Yeah, I saw a video of one today against. from a hometown article. Yeah. I haven't read any of the articles. I only know of the headlines. I think I actually selected one of the headlines. Um, so it'll be actually pretty interesting to talk about this. Um, at any rate, off we go. I am Merwatt. That is hometown.com. And up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI that keeps me out of trouble. Sometimes a couple of seconds too late. Good night, hometown citizens. Only two more days until 2024. We will see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern for the regularly scheduled show, but we will see you earlier for some of the makeup shows from December. True. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to step on your lines, even though we don't have any lines. Oh, I got an error message from the sentient AI. Now I'm in trouble. Uh, you know what? You can be mayor. I'll see y'all later.